Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to Somebody Save Us, Revisiting Smallville. My name is Steve. I'm Paul. And uh, this is uh, a series, a podcast, where we... Sorry, I obviously forgot to mute my phone. Uh, a podcast series where we take an in-depth dive into each and every episode of the 2000s was it a cult classic would you say it was a cult classic hit or just a hit i think it might have just been a hit because it did it did have a pretty good audience uh maybe that wasn't true throughout but you know we could just say uh the hit tv show because i think yes yeah (laughs) so that's what the hit tv show smallville i thought it was a hit it was a hit with me anyway same uh, and we are doing episode three of season one. And that episode is Hothead, uh, written by Greg Walker, who uh, did some X-Files and was the producer on Titans. X-Files, I can totally see the X-Files, um, maybe not necessarily influence, but I can see the crossover, you know what I mean? A lot of weird metaphysical strange things happening in small towns yeah definitely um he's done other stuff but those are the two things that i saw just on his uh on his imdb that kind of jumped out at me as being kind of relevant and like the the episode yeah new titans yeah oh okay i'm enjoying it yeah i liked it um yeah exactly um so and then directed by greg beeman uh he's actually did 18 episodes of the series Oh, total. Um, and he was also on Once Upon a Time and Lucifer. Uh, Lucifer, I've never seen Once Upon a Time, one or two episodes, maybe. Yeah. And so so kind of kind of the the log line from last time uh, a little bit would be that this guy, this is kind of the episode. It's kind of a, a, a football episode about this coach who kind of will do anything to win. And uh, I guess we'll get right into it. Um, yeah, uh, first we'll just do a little bit of housekeeping up front here. Um, Paul and I just want to let everybody know that, uh, we ourselves have listened to episodes one and two, so we're kind of aware that they sound a little rough. Uh, episodes three and four here, we're going to record today back to back and we're using uh, a different service and a, a different means of recording. So we're going to try to continually adapt and roll with the punches as we can to bring you guys the best possible uh, uh, podcast that we can get up and running. Another thing is that we had initially planned for the show to be sub uh, 45 minutes. Uh, It's still kind of the plan, but we also don't want to do the show a disservice by like skipping a lot of plot details or, or even some of the fun stuff that they throw in there. So if we can't get under 45 minutes, we apologize. But uh, again, we're going to roll with the punches. We just want to put out the best possible podcast that we can. Yeah, totally. All right, Paul, let's dump jump into dump into either way uh episode three of smallville hothead yeah so we uh opening scene is on the football field it's raining uh kind of uh we 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 see whitney kind of looking looking into the into the distance trying to get uh trying to get a throw off and he gets taken down sacked yeah and Uh, uh the coach comes out on the field and uh, Whitney's trying to make some, some excuse about not being able to see, uh, see the guy he was, who was going to receive it. Um, and the coach just grabs him by his face mask and just puts his face up to his jacket. And he's like, what does my jacket say? And uh, so the fine, the, the next uh, play actually, Whitney does manage to throw, uh, a touchdown pass and they win the game. This and... is like the horrible rainstorm, right? Like they're playing in the rain. Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, you know what? In all honesty, not badly choreographed. No, not, I was absolutely not the greatest football I've seen on screen, but not bad. Not bad. I buy it. There's a, there's a couple scenes. It's, it's not easy to see because of all the rain, but th- these guys are not, Definitely not like high school kids. No. (laughs) And I I like kind of laugh and say no, but I watch quite a bit of football content. 
yeah. I, I mean, some of those guys are that big now. Uh, yeah. Um, usually it's like the entry level college kids, but some of these guys, yeah, man, six, four, six, five, 230 pounds. They're not tiny. A lot of the time. No, um, sure. is, um, do you think the dad from the wonder years has always been this big an asshole? I don't really remember him. <laughs> yeah. Dan Loria. Yeah. Like, like I remember the wonder years. I remember like Fred Savage and Winnie Cooper and the older sister and the mom. I barely remember the dad from that series. And yeah, it's like, like he's, he's a good actor, but he always kind of seemed like the the very strong, silent type. Like he was almost background for a lot of it. Yeah, I don't remember a lot of the show, but he definitely strikes as maybe they cast him and he was just being him, being himself. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a horrible human being. We're sorry, Coach. sir, if you're not. Um, he does play it well. I'll give him that. Yeah. So after the game, uh, they're kind of celebrating in the, uh, the locker room and, uh, Whitney promises that they'll get the coaches 200, 200th win with the next game. Um, and, uh, we, we see, uh, the coach kind of relaxing in his personal sauna. Um, something interesting though, that I want to bring up is like, do you think he can see that the steam is green or no? Do you think that's kind of like a non-diegetic thing <laughs> that is a definitely like weird weird touch because you would think if he could see it he would immediately know something was wrong like oh that looks toxic <laughs> that's <laughs> steam doesn't have a color so i should probably yeah. get out of here. yeah um, yeah it's yeah yeah that's weird I, i've always wondered that if people can see obviously the rocks themselves are green yeah but this, are yeah. they seeing are they seeing the glow like how much of it like yeah i've always wondered that too is it like the glow during like the rest of the series the rocks definitely glow but lana never once looks at her necklace and goes weird it's starting to glow yeah no. so does nobody notice that because i always took it as like the radioactivity and the rock kind of starting to go off when clark gets near almost like a magnetic attraction um, but no one ever comments on the fact that it glows. Yeah, definitely not. And so while he's sitting in there, uh, there's kind of a, either a knock or Principal Kwan just comes in. Uh, and he's played by Hiro Kanagawa. Uh, he was on X-Files. Uh, he's been on Altered Carbon, Legends of Tomorrow, uh, Man in the High Castle. Yeah, he's, he's kind of uh, Yeah, he's he's kind of a that guy of like TV. Like, yeah, he's just, just a, a fantastic like uh, character actor who, you know, and he does kind of fit an administration role a lot of the time. Like he'll be a cop or a principal or yeah. um, he plays businessmen a lot as well. Yeah, definitely. So he has proof that seven players have cheated on their midterm and he gets a lot of pushback from the coach, but he announces that he will be suspending the players and he kind of just walks out of there. And, uh, and the coach is, just loses it. Yeah. And and this goes down to there's if you look at like the set design on the <laughs> wall in the office, there is a yeah. poster of the coach of him just yelling furiously. <laughs> and I'm like, there's no text on it. Nothing. It's just a giant poster of his face screaming. And I'm like, that's a red flag. Yeah. I mean, you wait, Steve, you don't have like a like 12 by 24 portrait of you screaming in your room. I have no pictures of myself at all. Neither do I. Mm. It's the weirdest design touch I've ever seen. And every time it shows up on screen, I laugh to myself. It's really just the subtlety of Smallville uh, showing itself yet again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, but as, as he kind of, as kind of the principal's been out of the room, like maybe a second and he slams down on the, on the desk and just everything bursts into flames. And he's just kind of standing there staring at it as the opening credits roll. And then we break into the theme song. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I noticed and it's, it's, I mean, it's not even that subtle really. Uh, there's a scene where the principal and coach are talking around coach's desk and you can right. legitimately see the movement of the boom mic in the shadow on the wall. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. It's brutal. <laughs> I was watching it. I'm did... like, can I actually see the mic in this? And it's like, yeah, for sure. It's there. Oh, oh, 
Oh, I didn't notice that. And you know, sometimes I really just I don't notice these things. Like I'm well, glad you caught like, that. Looking down to take a note or something, which which also happens because I'm sure I'm missing things while I'm taking notes. Um, yeah, I try, I, to, say, I try to watch the show and then notes, but it's uh, it's hard to do. You know. Yeah, I think if I start, maybe that's a better thing. Maybe I should start doing that. Is just really like immerse myself into the show because I feel like I'm missing a lot. But um, and then just kind of do it after. Right. Uh, do you do you sing along with the theme song when it comes on? Because I do every uh, time. Sometimes, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think I think I do it every time. I definitely uh, throw through at least this season. I haven't skipped any of them yet, but I know that each season the the little clips that they show and the people in the credits change season to season, and they're. I'm 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 interested to see how that changes when season two comes. But uh, yeah, the the theme is good. It's a good theme. I like it. I remember when the show was on, everybody I knew like hated it. <laughs> God, I hate <laughs> that song. Just did a new theme song. Like it was like, well, I like it. It it makes sense. It's all about Clark saving people. <laughs> like it's I mean right. it's on the nose. It's again Smallville's lack of subtlety boils totally. down to like its musical introduction. Absolutely. And so the next day at school, outside they pass Lana and Whitney having argument about the cheaters. Uh, and Chloe, uh, Chloe's kind of trying to get a few shots with her camera of the of the coach talking to some of the players. And one of the players catches her doing that and tries to hit Beaner with the ball. And uh, oh, Clark, and Clark makes an amazing one-handed catch. Yeah, yeah. And Clark, when he tosses it back, he just tosses it back hard enough to kind of double over the guy that threw it. And the coach notices. And, uh, of course, inside, the coach pushes for Clark to join the team and taking a dig at Pete in the process. He's kind of like, oh, Ross here's got no no talent whatsoever, but he's got a lot of heart. There was a, a point where, like, Lana was fighting with Whitney. Right. And she, Lana starts walking away. And she walks right pla- right past Clark, Pete, mm-hmm. and Chloe. And yeah. Chloe starts shit-talking Lana while she's literally a foot away from her while she's passing. What's with the pom-pom princess? Like, yeah, pom-pom wow. meltdown. Well, it's I funny thought, yeah. because really early on, I think we're forgetting that Lana and Chloe aren't even friends. They are yeah, not friends. Kind of they just know each other. Yeah. Right? yeah. So um, the pom-pom, pom-pom parade uh, comments are going to continue for a bit yet, I think. I don't remember, and maybe it was just like back in the day, having like a little bit of a crush on both Lana and Chloe, that yeah. uh, I don't remember Chloe being so snarky. Yeah, no, Chloe, Chloe's, uh, Chloe's like whole deal, her like wardrobe, everything is just like, I'm like, yep, she's she's the one. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. 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 Uh, and so, but the, the, the coach kind of pressures Clark and Clark says, well, my dad won't let me blah, blah, blah. And the coach gives him the line of, there comes a time where you got to step out of your father's shadow. Um, and, uh, Pete kind of gives Clark a little shit before, uh, we actually then cut over to the farm where Jonathan predictably is like, no. Yeah. Yeah. And, and here's the thing now, I, I, a lot of the times you can see both sides of the argument. And I, even on this, I kind of see both sides of the argument. But I totally understand what Jonathan's talking about. Oh, yeah. Like, absolutely. Like, you're a young man. The testosterone's flowing. You want to get into a competitive sport. And you are invulnerable and super-powered. Yeah. Like, you'll, you're, you're going to wreck some fools. For, for real, like, wreck them. Like we're talking about like guys eating through straws for the rest of their lives. If you go off even a little too much. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Clark doesn't see it because he sees, uh, he sees it as Jonathan did get to play. And, and so of course Jonathan doesn't care to live vicariously through his son because he's already had the experience. He got to have his moment of glory, but Clark gets upset. And he makes the point that he feels like he's being punished for having his abilities and says he's going to play anyway. Which, I mean, the uh, the entire series of Smallville is based around Clark's growth. So this was going to happen at some point that he would become his own man. Yeah, yeah. 
And so over at uh, Luther Mansion, uh, Lex walks into the room and there's a couple guys waiting for him. And uh, he makes a crack about the three wise men. And uh, this guy, Dominic, informs Lex that the meeting comes at Lionel's request, despite the fact that uh, Lex tried to cancel it. And uh, Lex, uh, uh, you know, is asked whether he has seen the projected numbers. And Lex kind of gives a lot of pushback about the fact that he's going to increase his workforce and that he can uh, go ahead and tell Lionel that if he wants. Um, it's kind of a good scene of uh, Lex kind of kind of petulantly deciding to do what he feels like, I guess. It feels, and I mean, I'm no businessman, obviously. Yeah. Um, uh, but, I mean, I see the logic in what Lex is proposing. Like, everybody else is weak. If we double down now and up production, then they're right. all going to be behind. Right. So, I mean, I kind of get it, but at the same time, if you're, you're like already losing money. And I, I like a lot of these scenes where Lex is explaining these things, but he is like going about his business while he's doing it. Like he walks in the room and he like grabs a water and he takes a drink and then he goes over and he starts to chalk up a cue and break. And uh, while he's having this conversation, kind of barely like basically giving uh, Dominic maybe about 10% of his attention. Like he's more just like, He's showing him as little respect as he possibly can. And then on the way out, uh, he, when Dominic's leaving, he tells him to say hi to his sister. Yes, that was a <laughs> wonderful shit talk. That was amazing. And the yeah. guy just kind of like, like huffs because he knows it's true. That's yeah. the thing. It's like, and it's not even like a your mama joke or anything like that. It's just like flat out like, hey, remember that time I was doing your sister? Yeah. And yeah. there's nothing he can do about it because he's... Number one, telling the truth. Number two, your boss's kid. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, damn. Lex is cold, man. Lex is cold. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so the other kind of, kind of maybe the B or even C story of this episode is kind of Lana deciding she doesn't want to be a cheerleader anymore, right? And so we see a scene of her packing up her gear and kind of Nell is disappointed that she's kind of giving up this thing. Um, and kind of Lana decides she wants to get a job um, and kind of declines Nell's offer when Nell's kind of like, oh, well, you know, you can come work at the shop. And this basically sums up Lana for almost the entirety of the series. She's just like constantly looking for something to do. Yeah, um, I think that's kind of maybe, you know, they were trying different things to try to find a place for her in the series, um, other than just being, you know, the the love interest of Clark and, and kind of being one note. But I think because they try to pull her in so many different directions, especially as the seasons roll on, um, they kind of fail. Yeah, and I mean, that's, and maybe like, Lana's not going to, and I'll give Smallville props for doing this, whereas I think, like, Arrow and now The Flash have kind of really failed at it, is that at least in this series, like, characters had boundaries and they were established as their characters. So so Lana seems to be mostly emotional growth and... Right and kind of a friend slash lover of Clark. Whereas in like Arrow and Flash, it's like, here's a new character that we're going to introduce. And in three years, they'll have superpowers too. Right. You know what I mean? Like in Smallville, Clark's inner circle doesn't really get that much bigger. No, kind of the same, kind of the same four or five people throughout the whole series. And there are a couple people that, you know, come in as kind of guest characters who stick around for a little bit, or it sort of expands. I think maybe, I think it's season five before Lois is like a full-time character. Yeah. Five or six is, I want to say somewhere around there. Yeah. Um, uh, is this, this the, is this the scene where Lana drops all the drinks? Uh, not yet. I think we, uh, She's kind of just decided that she's going to get a job. She hasn't oh, okay. gotten the job yet. But I think the next thing is uh, Clark's uh, out at practice. 
Uh, he kind of doesn't see Lana though, and he's kind of disappointed, but he does see that Jonathan's there and, uh, Jonathan just kind of lets him know that he's only there to make sure nobody gets hurt. Yeah. Um, and Which Clark I, does... I think is a yeah. bit of a lie. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I, think... I, 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 I know Jonathan is there. Like that's an intention as well. I'm there to make sure that if Clark has to stop, I'm the common sense to stop him. Right. But at the same time, you got to think Jonathan, an ex-football player kind of wants to see what Clark can do on the football field and is a little proud of him for Doing getting it. on the team. Yeah. I think maybe he deep down, he probably does feel that he probably doesn't even realize it himself maybe, but, um, uh, yeah. In the first play, Clark is kind of intentionally lets himself be taken down. I think, I think that's how it kind of plays out. Yeah. That makes sense to me also. And again, maybe a double-sided thing is he's playing along. He's supposed to be the not experienced guy on the football team. Um, but right. also to show Jonathan, like, look, I'll let them hit me. I'll let them right. take me down. It's real. Um, the weird thing to me is coach sees Clark throw a ball hard enough to double over an experienced football player. And then he makes Clark a running back. Uh, I, th- I think he makes him tail a tailback. Either way. Yeah. He's a back. So it's, yeah, but he's like, he's not going to give him the ball. And I mean, don't get me wrong. He doesn't know Clark is super powered and a running back tailback would be a perfect position for Clark because no one's going to stop him. Right. And the other thing I guess maybe would be, uh, you know, Whitney isn't one of the players that's been accused. So he's not, he's not down as number one quarterback. That's a good point. He does have his starter. Yeah. And we don't even know who the second or third string guys are. If that, if they even exist, right? Like they're kind of, they, they're not specific about that, but Clark, uh, in the second, uh, play kind of just runs through a couple dudes before taking a, like a flying leap over, over a few guys and just runs it in, which, which is exactly what Jonathan was worried about. Number one. (laughs) Yeah, is like, don't show off. We don't need you to hurt people. We don't need you to expose your powers. And Clark does the exact thing. Um, and the jump didn't look good. I'm sorry. No, no, it looked it looked there were some wires. <laughs> yeah, 100 percent some wires in there. Yeah. And uh, so Quan actually, meanwhile, is confronts uh, the coach about him having provided the test answers and the coach just kind of denies it, but he sort of reminds Quan that, you know, he's been there for a lot longer and that he's an institution and like, what is he really going to do? Um, and, uh, can't remember what, what causes, uh, I think he basically says he's going to suspend the players. Um, and, uh, coach loses his cool right in front of, uh, <laughs> loses his cool. Uh, <laughs> right right in front of the principal and he, he sets his tv on fire <laughs> which is i mean it's weird that almost nobody kind of really bats an eye at it it's like yeah. he lights it on fire and the coach the, the principal just looks at it and then she's like walks out of the room yeah <laughs> like, he kind of has like a scared look but he kind of yeah he kind of he doesn't like freak out nearly enough no your school is on fire you know, yeah. no one moves to grab a, uh, a fire extinguisher. <laughs> like they just kind of, huh, that's weird. And then just walk away. Yeah. And then uh, he kind of scares off Quan, uh, and, uh, who kind of just heads outside to, to his car. And at this point, uh, if the, of the evening, it's kind of dark out, like it's like night has fallen. So it makes me wonder like what, like what Clark is even still doing in there. I guess maybe, uh, you know, practice went late or whatever, but, uh, uh, so Quan gets in his car and his car bursts into flames as kind of coach is standing at the window, kind of with his eyes shut, kind of willing the fire to take place. Yeah, so he's like learning to control it, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, Pete and Clark are there. Uh, Clark tells Pete to look for help. And basically, as Pete's running back inside, Clark runs over to the car and rips the door off the car and throws it across the parking lot. Which I was weirded out of that. Like I looked at it and I'm like, that didn't look great because <laughs> it looked like he was like ripping tinfoil or, or paper. And then I started to think, but isn't that what it would look like if 
Superman needed to rip open a car like it was a piece of paper, like it would look that easy to him. So I'm very conflicted because my mind looks at it and goes, that was a really cheap stunt. But then my Mm -hmm. other mind, that's right, I have two, goes, no, that's what it would look like, dumbass. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But so Clark pulls him to safety just as the car explodes, of course. Um, which I guess would go a long way to explain why the door is across the parking lot. Was the principal passed out, right? Uh, I think, I think he had by the time Clark punched the, uh, window out. Okay. Let's hope so. Because like, I'm trying to figure out how he covered that up and you're right. How did he, how did he explain the ripped off car door? Yeah. I mean, you could explain it with the explosion maybe, but, um, we do find out we do find out though that the principal will be okay like he's in the hospital over the weekend he's got some minor burns and some smoke inhalation and stuff and then Clark talks about how uh you know he got Jonathan's old uh old position and is kind of upset that nobody wants to congratulate him about it and kind of storms off And, uh, and so also there, uh, I think Martha and Jonathan have a kind of a good talk about where they're at individually about Clark and the fact that, you know, as maybe as a little kid, they did keep him away from things about, you know, worried that he's going to get somebody hurt or hurt himself or expose himself somehow. Um, but now that he's a teenager that maybe he needs to be given a chance to prove that he has good judgment because all Jonathan is doing is kind of proving he doesn't believe in him, at least in Martha's eyes. Martha's really in the early going, um, one undervalued. And I, cause I do remember thinking that for a long time, like Martha's really under Martha. Why did you say that name? No. Um, Martha, both, really... both our mom's <laughs> names are Martha. We should be friends. It's true though. It is true. <laughs> um, but, uh, she's really undervalued in the first few seasons, I think. Um, but she is excellent at being the common ground or like the middle of the road between Clark and Jonathan. And that seems to be her only role for quite a while, but we'll get to that when we get to that. Yeah, they start, you you start, she starts getting into some other stuff and then political and all that other stuff. And so we'll, we'll see her evolve as the series goes on. I think she kind of stays sort of the way she is up until, uh, you know, kind of the inciting incident with Jonathan, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that, that thing, part. that thing that will happen. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, so meanwhile, Chloe is kind of sleuthing about and smells a story about the car and kind of is starting to try to put two and two together with, um, with the coach. Um, and they kind of show up at Lana's workplace, uh, the Talon, which is the coffee shop. Oh my God, it is the talent. I didn't even realize that yet. Oh man. Okay. Yeah. So it's, it's, uh, Lana's working in there and, uh, Chloe is kind of perplexed, but she also noticed, um, the suspended players leaving and kind of follows them. Uh, as that's happening, I think pretty much Chloe might even cause this, but as she's leaving, Lana spills some drinks and gets the slow clap. Okay, yeah, yeah. So just a PSA. Don't do that. Don't don't clap when a waitress drops a waitress or waiter or a wait staff drops all their drinks. It's a real douche move. Yeah. They're Especially humiliated the enough already. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't need to draw more attention to it. Everyone heard it break. Everyone heard the glass yes. break. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Poor Lana. Yeah. And so meanwhile, kind of on the field, the coach is kind of trying to root out the traitor. Um, and this, uh, this one player, I believe his name's Trevor seems to be it. And, uh, he gets backhanded to the ground and the sprinklers just start spouting WWE pyro. (laughs) Yeah. I was watching this and I was like, somebody needs to really define this guy's powers to me because how how do you make water burn? Unless Smallville. Yeah. Unless Smallville has like a really bad, like, toxic water problem that they're like never Flint, discussing Flint, Michigan. 
like Flint, yeah, Michigan. Exactly. Is it is it like a Flint situation? Are the Luthers <laughs> polluting the water that badly and no one's talking about it? <laughs> and the, the other players, you see this happen like as Trevor gets backhanded and the pyro hits, you just see every other player there shit themselves. Their faces are just like, oh. Wouldn't you like. I would run in terror. Yeah. I'd you, be horrified, man. Like, like, okay, coach is beating up a kid and the water's on fire. Uh, I'm, I'm out. I'm out. But yeah, so the coach is kind of just like, nothing is getting in the way of my, of my legacy. Like, he tells them to go home and just shut their mouths. Um, Chloe gets some pictures. Um, and uh, I think this, the next, this next scene is, uh, is uh, at Luther's again and Lionel shows up. Oh, Yes. Yeah, and Lex kind of sarcastically digs about his very important job running a crap factory. The, and this is going to remain true for quite a while. Mm-hmm. No matter how exciting the action in Smallville gets, and how kind of like uh, tear jerking it gets, and how emotionally complex sometimes it gets, mm-hmm. almost nothing in this show ever gets better. Than the verbal sparring between Lionel and Lex. That yeah. anytime you get these two in a room together arguing about something, it's fantastic. Yeah, and and um, like uh, Lionel really does bring it uh, philosophy into it a lot of the time. Like he talks about how the Caesars sent their sons to the far ends of the empire to see how the world really works. Um, and he kind of talks about how maybe the way that they should sort out this, uh, this impasse they've reached is by having a, uh, a duel. Yeah. Um, Which, I mean, I'm not sure is the best way to conduct like business decisions. (laughs) It's a little weird. It's a little weird. Also, they do it in a very unsafe manner because they do go and get changed first. Right. Right. But then both decide not to wear masks. And they just return back to the same room they were in before. Like, <laughs> what, go just... to a go to a bigger room. Yes, <laughs> Find, that that house has to have a gym. It has to, or a a sprawling front lawn. And we'll never see it. No. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so Lex gets kind of emotional during the fight. Like Lionel's pretty much holding his own, and Lionel takes advantage and uh, kind of pins. Uh, Pins Lex down to a chair. Lex is told that he has to fire 20% of his workers by tomorrow. Which he looks pissed. And, well, I mean, he's got a lot of pride. Um, And he doesn't, Lex Luthor does not like to lose. Nope. Um, But, in this instance, Lionel was, uh, I mean, at least as far as fencing goes, Lionel was the better man. And I do love when Lionel one-ups Lex, but I also like it when Lex one-ups Lionel. Yeah, yeah. Hoisting each other on their each other's petards. Yeah, they're they're, they're <laughs> just both really great, like guys that you love to hate, but really just like and hate to love. Yeah, because like really early on, like Lexus starts to show like little devious streaks here and there, but they are kind of on like a much lower level than what Lionel is up to. Um, and then at some point in the series, that's going to flip. Um, and uh, Lex will kind of rapidly approach the person he eventually becomes. I, I, I And I do like the fact that like when you first start out, they're not even necessarily bad people. Or, no. or the show doesn't hint at at who they are or where they're going to go. Uh, mm-hmm. It's they're kind of just they're not they're definitely not Smallville. You know, they're not like rural Americans. No. Um, but the depth of how dark some of their secrets are aren't even scratched in like the first season. Yeah. Uh, and so at the at the uh, the rally, uh, kind of a pep rally, kind of t- almost tailgate party before the game, uh, the night before the game, uh, Chloe uh, has kind of approached that Trevor kid about um, 
you know, what's going on, but he, he gets spooked and takes off. But before he can even get out of the parking lot, the coach shows up and just like lays an arm, a hand on his arm and just burns him super badly. Um, and, uh, kind of makes him spill the beans about what Chloe's up to, which, uh, the, um, coach says he's going to deal with and, uh, kind of predictably we see Chloe just working on the story at the torch and the room is just suddenly just engulfed in flames. Yeah. And this was actually, uh, like I liked the, like just panic, the running, like the whole room goes up and then she tries to get away and a little more fire pops up in front of her. Yeah. She like, she throws her jacket over herself and throws herself over the desk yeah, uh, and uh, throws the jacket away and she's heading for the door and then more flames leap out right in front of her. And so um, by this point, though, she's already, I think, gotten Clark's attention because she got to the window, right? Um, yeah, she runs to the window and then starts like screaming and uh, an entire football field full of people. And Clark is the only one who notices that the school's on fire. Yeah. Well, and she's specifically calling for Clark. Um, I think she catches his gaze before. But um, I, she's specifically calling out to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, so he kind of rushes in super speed. Um, uh, I think the coach maybe hears Clark calling Chloe's name and just stops, uh, you know, causing more flames. Um, and so Chloe, you know, Chloe's okay. Clark saves her, all that. Um, but Chloe now really does suspect the coach. Um, and wants Clark to approach Trevor about what's really going on. Um, and then I kind of back over to the C story really quickly. Uh, it, uh, kind of Lex is hanging out at the Talon and, uh, Clark shows up to try to find Trevor, but, uh, he and Lana kind of motivate Lex to try to find another way, uh, to deal with the whole you know, um, workplace issue, staffing issue. Um, and it's kind of a little moment of levity because as she's kind of handing him his drink, he kind of looks kind of puzzled and he takes a sip and Lana asks uh, how it tastes. And he's like, great. And as she's walking away, Clark's like, is that what you ordered? That is a great, that that's a great little like joke in there. Cause I love it. Is that, yeah. is that what you ordered? Not even close. <laughs> yeah. like, and and the, the, the fact is like, they're both kind of either so crushing on Lana or so like just encouraging of her that they're just like, yeah, whatever. I'll drink it. That's fine. Yeah. yeah. But, um, so Clark does find Trevor at home. I don't know if he just kind of lets himself in and like, I don't know if he's at is in his garage or where he is specifically, but like there was, uh, there's like, all kinds of all kinds of like fire extinguishers surrounding him <laughs> yes he's like hiding in a corner yeah uh kind of convinces him to let him know what's going on and he sees the burn on his arm and he's uh he says he's gonna confront the coach this is the um, weird thing is like this kid like Clark's talking about, it's all right. I'm on your side. Don't worry about it. And he's like, no, you don't understand, man. The coach hurts us. He beats the shit out of us. Blah, 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 blah. And then Clark's <laughs> like, what's wrong with your arm? He's like, nothing. He just <laughs> yeah. said that the coach is hitting us. He's like beating yeah. on the student. And now you're yeah. trying to cover up. Uh, the burn yeah. It was like, a car- carburetor uh, burn. Yeah. <laughs> so weird. Yeah. Uh, so, but uh, we see actually Clark does uh confront uh Walt but uh as he's kind of standing in the sauna door uh the uh the, the kryptonite kind of activates or wakes up somehow as he kind of crosses the threshold and of course the coach beats the fuck out of Clark <laughs> and throws him into the wall and like knocks over the uh the steam with all the rocks and locks him in the room so Oh, yeah, I was like, wait, so do we assume that just one of the, because he just beat the shit out of Clark because the, the, the media rock was there, right? Right. So Clark was already sick and depowered, so he could easily take him. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. 
I'm going to need like a gauge on how quickly Clark gets sick. Yeah, because that's the thing is he's standing there talking to him, but it's not until he actually kind of crosses crosses the threshold into the room that like the he starts to feel the effects. Oh, and he does. He, he looks at his hand again as it's starting to turn. Yeah. And, oh, they use that effect then, a lot. They love it. Oh yeah. Uh, are we assuming then just like a lead line sauna? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess you have to assume like he's, he's like it, only once he crosses the threshold can can he actually yeah. like the steam's not getting to him like yeah it's weird <laughs> yeah anyway but Clark's out down for the count uh, I and, think next, it, uh, next, uh, Jonathan like, realizes Clark's like not in the game or something right like he's right. not on the sidelines or something so he goes to look for Clark. Or how? Or no, wait. Someone alerts them. Yeah, I think I think they, uh, um, Martha and Jonathan show up, and Chloe is sitting there. Yeah. Um, kind of all at the same time. Note the absence of Clark. Like I think the game is already has already started. Yeah, like, because the coach walks away from the game in the middle of it. That's why the assistant coach is like, "Why? Where the hell are you going? We're in the middle of the game." And he's like, "Just shut up and call the plays." Right, and that's because Jonathan actually came down to uh, like the field and asked Pete if he'd seen him. Um, yes, yeah. And so Jonathan, uh, you know, goes to the locker room and does free Clark, but then he gets hit from behind by like a like a fire extinguisher or something, like knocked out. Yeah, yeah, definitely concussion. Absolutely, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, not one of many. To come. Yeah, he's going to have some brain trauma, unfortunately. Going to be in trouble. Uh, and then, uh, but Clark kind of recovers because uh, Jonathan just managed to drag him out of the room. Clark recovers pretty much immediately and kind of kicks the coach through like a window and into the locker room area. And just trying to, you know, trying to take Clark out. He kind of lights a fire and there's a very bad effect of Clark walking through the fire. And Wait, it seems like... Okay, like bad effect, and I agree. Super yeah. badass moment, though. Yeah, like I love it. Is like the coach is like, oh, "I'll just light you on fire," and Clark steps through and goes, "What? That's it? That's what you got?" Yeah, and so he throws him again, and he's trying to talk the coach down, but the coach is standing like in the showers, and then they kind of he he kind of yells like like, Rah! and he like self immolates, basically. Which is also kind of badass. Although I don't like what. What were your intentions there? Did he did he think he was going to take Clark with him? Yeah, I don't know. Super. Yes, he had just figured out he'd rather go out, go that way, you know. But uh, uh, yeah, I think they uh, they we we get like one more scene with Lex, um, where uh, Lionel shows up. Uh, with like the business pages and he, he throws them to Lex and he's just pissed that Lex managed to find a way to kind of outmaneuver him. And that, uh, you know, Lionel expects him to follow, you know, follow the company line and Lex kind of just warns Lionel that he doesn't know what he's capable of. Um, and he doesn't. That's absolutely true. But also like, Lex went back on his word. And I know that's like the least terrible of terrible things that Lex is going to do. Right. But, but I mean, you lied, man, you made a deal, you made a deal and you lost a bet. Yeah. And then, uh, I mean, he did save some farmers jobs, so I guess I can't be all that mad about it. Right. Yeah. You know, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, it really is less, I think, um, Lex makes the point of uh, Lionel being more angry about him not having thought of the idea himself. Which is an excellent point. If, if, if like Lex is like, oh, look, I can do paperwork or, or uh, this, my business mind is superior to yours. I managed to save money up production, not cut, not cut any jobs. And we're on top of the game as far as our competitors go. And you just want to be to fire people. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing is, like, Lionel, I think, maybe is jealous that, you know, Lionel would have done what he would have suggested. Like, he would have just got rid of the workers. 
you know, trying to maximize profit in the now and not thinking about the future. He would have just been, Lionel seems like he will find the, the quickest, uh, at least right now, it seems like he will find the quickest way from A to B um, and is kind of just ruthless in his business practices where Lex is slightly more nuanced, maybe. Yeah, I, I, well, and Lex always has something to prove, right, to Lionel. So he's always got something to prove. I think the other thing is that um, maybe Lionel has just been at the top so long and so rich that he doesn't need to look for options. No, yeah. He's like, this is the way we do things, and it's worked right. really well so far. Yeah, but like we 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 kind of we kind of leave on on that that the scene kind of ends with again like Lex just kind of saying that he doesn't know what he's capable of and he kind of smirks uh and we're back on the football field and uh you know everything's the game's over uh the coach actually did win he get his 200th win except for you know I guess posthumously cuz I think he's dead like I'm pretty yeah, sure well, yeah he, he's either dead or has become one with the fire like yeah <laughs> I don't know if he's going to show up as like uh uh the Balrog yeah. in a couple <laughs> years or something but yeah yeah but Clark kind of apologizes cuz he thinks that you know Jonathan was right about you know about football and and that he wasn't maybe doing it for the right reasons um, and so, uh, Jonathan and him kind of have a moment before Clark kind of walks out on the field and Lana's there and she talks about how she got fired from her job. Uh, and Clark has kind of, you know, decided that he's not going to continue to pursue football, but, uh, Lana had said earlier in the episode where it just kind of one of those days where she felt like she wanted to scream and they kind of agree that maybe they should scream <laughs> and yeah so they both just proved that they were playing final fantasy 10 20 minutes earlier and wanted to reenact the worst cutscene in video game history where titus is just like come on laugh with me yeah exactly. <laughs> it's like the exact same thing all she has to do is a couple twirls and play with the water <laughs> uh Oh, I hate awkward cringe moments like that, but I mean, it is what it is. Yeah. And then we, we they scream into the credits. But um, what did, what did you think of this one? Not the greatest episode, but again, as we were discussing, um, with episode either one or two episode two, sorry. Uh, we just have to get used to monster of the week type stuff. Right. Um, I, there's no real, big character development in it i guess with the no. exception of lana going like look i'm not just a cheerleader i want to do other things yeah um because yeah, uh, i think but i think i think that really does it really it really is kind of either the b or the c story because i think the lex stuff is at least equal to that in terms of building uh building like a storyline or a plot that's an ongoing concern yeah. I mean, I guess we got character development with Lex as well in that yeah. Lex is his own man. He will find ways to do things for himself. He will defy Lionel. Yeah. Um, and, and he's not always wrong. And in this case, he's not the bad guy. No, he's not the bad guy at all in this episode. He legitimately saved people's jobs. Right. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's a good episode. It's not, it's, if I had to rank every episode in Smallville, this is going to rank pretty close near the bottom, I would think, because nothing spectacular happens in it. Yeah, um, yeah, there's there's not really any huge, huge moment, really. Yeah, anything stick out to you that, like, you thought was very specifically cool or, or like, a nice, I don't know, nod or anything like that? Um. Well, uh, I think, you know, again, like the, the set, um, design of Lex's kind of office was really good in that scene where he's, uh, he's kind of talking to, but at the same time dismissing, uh, that Dominic guy where he's just kind of going about his, his, uh, you know, 
his way as he uh as he's talking to him and i think i just yeah i just really like that that kind of luther mansion set um and then of course like we we're getting like stuff like the talon um and, and like new sets and new places that we're going to see moving forward and like sort of more of uh you know a very slow move toward uh, you know the 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 kids coming together as kind of friends. Like while kind of Lana and Chloe are still not you know there, um, we're gonna see that um, coming up. You, uh, I mean, yeah. Well, number one, yes, I totally agree with all of that. I had one hundred percent forgotten the name or how important the talent is until you said the name. So this is the talent, and I'm like, oh shit, it is the talent. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. It just like caught me by surprise. It was like a weird nostalgia backhand. Right. Yeah, and like I think I think that's isn't that what the soundtrack is called? Isn't it called the Talon Mix? Yes, I bet you I have at least <laughs> one or two of those. I'm willing. To, I, I will ask I you for done this. I'm going to find a picture and I'm going to post it up. I'll see if I can find. <laughs> it. I'm sure I do have it. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so uh, that's that's it for episode three. Um, and we're not, yeah, like I said, we're not, we're not out of the woods of this, of the, uh, of the, um, monster of the week by any long, by any means. Um, but next week, uh, we've got episode four X-ray. Yes. Paul, what happens on next week's episode? On the next episode of Smallville. Clark is startled to discover that he has the power of X-ray vision, a power that may be useful when he confronts a changeling-like student who can take on the appearance and emotional traits of anyone. And just a, a wonderful, wonderful uh, appearance by Lizzie fucking Kaplan. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. I was like, I was like, holy, because it looks like her, but it doesn't look like her. So she shows up and I'm like, God damn, that looks a lot like Lily Kaplan. And I'm like, I have to go to IMDb and it's for sure her, a very yeah. young Lily Kaplan. It's fucking awesome. If you don't know right. who Lily Kaplan is, look her up. She's fantastic. Yeah. Good good character. Um, good episode. Yeah, oh, um, I agree. I think. Look forward to that one. It is a good one. I um, think a lot of the ones, the lot of, a lot of the ones that introduce Clark to a new power are very good. Exactly. Yeah, I was I was about to say the exact same thing. They are just really fun episodes. Yeah. Just wait till we get to the sex episode. Oof. <laughs> that's Oof. Like, that's gonna be a fun talk, I'm sure. Woof. Oh no. Uh, I think that's it. Yeah. Uh, I forget how we wrap this up. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, this has been uh, episode three of Somebody Save Us. Uh, revisiting Smallville podcast. So until next time. Somebody save us.